I'm Cameron Crump, and you have just tuned in to Crossed Out Faithcast, brought to you by Resonate Media Productions and the Future Christians Network, National Benevolent Association, and Unconventional Faith Community. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Crossed Out Podcast. Today, it's just me for this recording. Don't worry. Devon Johnson will always be a part of this, and the Abandoned Church Boys will always be here, and he will be on the next episode. But this is our first episode for this second season. I wanted, as always, I want to take the time to think and reflect and let you all into a little piece of me out loud. And I want to reflect about someone who has been monumental to me and my faith as a child into adulthood. I recently lost someone very special. And on the day of my birthday, we celebrated their life. Many know him as Wayne Harold Murchison, but to me, he was simply Uncle Wayne. Wayne Harold Murchison was born to Alma Pearl Dixon and William Burl Murchison Sr. on April 23rd, 1949 in Sacramento, California. While growing up in Sacramento, he attended American Legion Elementary School and Stanford Junior High School, then graduated from Sacramento High School in 1967. After high school, he attended Sacramento City College and was then drafted into the United States Army in June 1969, where he served in the Vietnam War. After returning home from the military, Wayne worked for the City of Sacramento Parking Division. And after serving as a parking attendant for the city, he was then hired by the Sacramento Regional Transit District, where he served as a city bus driver for 35 years until his retirement. In 1987, while working for the city, Wayne gave his life to God and became a member of the Upper Room Apostolic Church under the pastorship of Bishop W. Lewin. While serving as a member of Upper Room, he was ordained as a deacon and also became a member of the church choir. Sometime later, he was appointed as an adult Sunday school teacher and served in that role for 16 years. He was fondly known by everyone as Head Deacon. On November 4th, 1995, Deacon Murchison married Fern Leah Crump, and together they instantly became a blended family of five. Their children, Wayne Jr., Jessica Simone, Monroe Burrell, Raymond David, and Raynette Denise. So Fern Leah Crump is my auntie. Wayne Murchison was a very sharp dresser and was known for purchasing only top-of-the-line expensive things. Along with his wife, Fern Leah, he was the founder and executive producer of A Sound Vision, a local theatrical organization that produced gospel plays. Wayne was also an actor in the plays that he produced and was known for playing the role of Silky Long. One of his most enjoyable moments was working in his kitchen with his turkey fryer. He was the one to fry some of the family's turkey during the holiday season. He was preceded in death by his mother and father, his brothers Michael Don Murchison I and William Burrow Murchison Jr. He was also preceded in death by his mother and father-in-law, Harrison Earl Crump Sr. and Elaine Crump, that is my grandfather and grandmother, Harrison Earl Crump Jr., 
and two nephews, Chris Crump and Curtis Clark Jr., my two cousins and uncle. He leaves to cherish his memory, his beloved wife of 28 years, Fernlia Murchison, his five children, 14 grandchildren, three great-grandchildren, and also five sisters-in-law, and also some of my uncles as his brother-in-laws, eight brother-in-laws, which is some of my uncles and my father. So that is the obituary that we read at my uncle's funeral, my uncle Wayne's funeral. My mom put that together. And so I just shared that with you, just a little background. And so I have yet to mention this on this platform. And this season, I will go deeper into my own narrative. But Upper Room Apostolic Church is my origin. My grandfather, Bishop Wycliffe Lewin, and grandmother, Evangelist Amy V. Lewin, were the founders of Upper Room Apostolic Church in Sacramento, California. After they came with my mother and her siblings from Kingston, Jamaica, that's when they started uh, the church. It was my grandfather that ordained Uncle Wayne as head deacon and as the Sunday school teacher. Now, Upper Room Apostolic includes my whole family and extensions. And like I said, I will go deeper into that as I continue to share the growth of my faith this season. But today, I want to share and focus on my Uncle Wayne. My Aunt Fern is one of my father's older blood siblings. She is the fourth child out of ten, and my father is the eighth. My Aunt Fern served as the head missionary at Upper Room Apostolic Church and is now an evangelist there. I have a special bond, both natural and spiritual, with my Aunt Fern. She is the only family member that would stay on the phone with me for hours. And when I say hours, I mean hours at a time. I remember walking the lake early in the morning and I would walk Lake Merritt like in Oakland, California, like two times. I could circle around it two times on the phone (laughs) with her conversing with me about um, my growth, my faith, learning about myself and sexuality when I moved away from home in Sacramento to here in Oakland. And trust me, if you know my Aunt Fern, she is not staying on the phone with anyone two minutes (laughs) at a time, you know, so that was very special to me and I will never forget it. Now, I must caveat and say I am the youngest of the first generation in America on my mother's side and one of the youngest on my father's side. Being the youngest, people tend to, you know, forget you are in the room. And I'm not going to hold you all. I was always in grown folk business. (laughs) But in saying that, I want to talk about one of the things I remember closely watching. Now, many in my family may not realize this, but the relationship between my Aunt Fern and Uncle Wayne is the first relationship I had front row seats to watch develop from nothing at all to something. Many people may quickly respond to themselves and think, uh, your parents. My response to you would be, there is no comparison. I remember my Aunt Fern in her first marriage. I remember her after and how much she prayed and fasted for a husband. I remember her transparency in prayer requests and testimonies. 
during testimony service. I also remember when my aunt lived with our family on Spring Creek Drive in Elk Grove, California. It was my mother, my father, my two brothers, myself, and Aunt Fern. When my Aunt Fern moved in, (laughs) oh my goodness, the house became even more entertaining. She owned and owns all of the best VHS tapes. I'm not even going to hold y'all. The Temptations, The Five Heartbeats, What's Love Got to Do With It, Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby, which I would watch in her room almost every day. She had the old school anointed Pace Sisters records, the Clark Sisters, the old John P. Key, Wash Me, Just Me This Time, Commissioned, Hezekiah Walker. I mean, we came up when Aunt Fern moved in at Spring Creek Drive. No sweat or shade to my mom or dad. <laughs> oh, and the cheese grits, you know. Okay. Okay. Enough about Aunt Fern, but back to the head deacon. <laughs> I said all of that about my aunt Fern because we all knew Uncle Wayne. Well, at the time, he was just Deacon Wayne to me. And his son, Monroe Murchison, was my Uncle Wayne's third born and also the best friend to my oldest brother, Conrad. Before becoming our cousin, you know, they were best friends. And so that's a a whole another story all in itself. Well, when my aunt Fern lived with us, single, Uncle Wayne and Cousin Monroe would come to Spring Creek and we all would spend time together. Over time and after a while, I saw them get closer and not long after that, get married and combine their families into one family. And then we all became family together. My Aunt Fernlea Crump was now Fernlea Crump Murchison and Deacon Wayne became Uncle Wayne in 1995. And my cousins, Raynette and Raymond, now had three additional siblings, Little Wayne, Jessica, and Monroe. It was beautiful because we all grew up together in the same church, and now my oldest brother can call his best friend, Cousin. There are many stories I can tell about my Aunt Fern and Uncle Wayne. I can talk about how Uncle Wayne was preaching one time and from the pulpit pulled out my cousin Monroe's grades because they were so bad. And we all started laughing at first until he started talking about it and simultaneously crying. He gave a compelling sermon that had us plugged in and then at the end slapped us all by informing us he will be tacking the grades on the church bulletin board until my cousin changed them. Well, no one was going to fight him on it because he was the head deacon. (laughs) For those wondering what my cousin was thinking, well, we do not know because he was crying also. Did he get his grades up knowing Monroe? Probably not. (laughs) No, I love you, (laughs) Burl. I love you, Monroe. (laughs) But the long running recurring theme through every story, whether funny or not, is faith patience, commitment, dedication, and love. Not just my aunt's ability to use her faith, her patience, and ability to manifest a husband, something many young individuals looking to be in relationships now are having the hardest time to obtain and keep. But, you know, especially with the distractions of social media, instant gratification, and barriers around decision-making, And, you know, just being able to 
you know, live and exude these qualities in everyday living was something my aunt had a gift for doing. My aunt Fern is a playwright and the creator of the Sound Vision in Sacramento, California, which my uncle was also one of the executive founders and directors of. And like myself, my uncle was in some of the theatrical drama field plays my aunt would write. Now, not to brag or toot my horn, but I was in many more of my aunt's plays than uh, my uncle Wayne. <laughs> of course, I had to work my way up from begging my aunt for more lines at nine years old and her yelling at me in one of her most top rated plays, The Judgment, where I was a sinner being dragged to hell after being judged. And when I wanted to do more acting in this play and have more lines, she yelled at me and said, no, Cameron, you're going to hell and that's it. Then I grew up and was, uh, you know, well, I ended up being one of the most, one of the individuals with the most lines and was in every play. And yeah, you know, I couldn't help myself, you know, next to my powerhouse singing cousin Stephanie, you know, we were always there frontline, you know, ready to act for on firm in every play and do any song she had for us, <laughs> had prepared for us. One particular play I was in with my late Uncle Wayne was a play written by my Aunt Fern titled Take What's Left on the Table. This play was first a short skit for Black history. She later turned into a longer play. Quick synopsis of Take What's Left on the Table. A white man who was filthy rich gave a young black economically struggling individual a job cooking for him every day. And at the end of the day, he would write the individual a check. Well, on that check, the white man would write, take what's left on the table and sign it. And every day he would do this. The young black individual would have to take the leftover food and scraps that he cooked for the white man himself. And the white man would leave it on the table, everything that he ate and gnawed on the bones and did all of those things. He would just leave it on the table for this young black individual. Well, one evening before the white man finished his dinner, the young black individual had to leave early after cooking. So after cooking, he rushed off before the white man could give him his usual signed take what's left on the table check. Well, one particular evening that he left this particular evening that he left early, the young black individual rushed off and he left his pay. The white man left it, left the check on the table and said, hey, you know, pick it up tomorrow. It will be here waiting for you with everything, you know, just simply bragging and just being rude and nasty. Well, after the young man rushed off, the white man called his close, loyal butler, played by me, to bring all of his riches, jewels, money, deeds to the land and much more to sit in front of him on the table. And as I'm quickly summarizing this dramatic play, I can hear my uncle yelling my character's name and saying the line, bring it all here and pick it, put it in front of me and uh, set it right here in the table. I want to see all of it. And of course, my uncle played the white man. If you saw him and saw me, you would know he played the white man. 
<laughs> and as I'm reflecting on this, I just remember telling my Aunt Fern, uh, Uncle Wade is not acting. He is being himself and he would have so many bloopers because the way his inflections were when acting and how he was Uncle Wayne in the play just had us all falling out in rehearsals. But by now, I'm sure you know where this plot may be going and leading to. If not, here it is. While basking in all of his riches and more, more so drooling over his privilege and all of his possessions, he fell over and, well, he croaked and died sitting at the table. And in the end, because of that one check, he would write daily for that young black individual being mean and cruel. That check was the reason the young black cook ended up no longer struggling. It's one of my favorite plays written by my Aunt Fern and directed by her. And trust me, there is a lot more um, to the play, but I will spare you all of the details and let you know where you can purchase a DVD copy if you hit me. (laughs) But, you know, just thinking about that play, I begin to think about how my Uncle Wayne was such a faithful and consistent and dedicated individual. He drove one old green truck from when I was little you know, and till I was a teenager and, you know, individuals just made a lot of fun of him driving that one truck for so long, but it was a simple symbol and sign of his commitment. As a kid, my bishop, my grandfather, Bishop Wycliffe Lewin ordained him as the adult Sunday school teacher at Upper Room Apostolic. And I have been there for many, many nights staying with my Aunt Fern and Uncle Wayne. And he would study his Sunday school book, plan out the curriculum and come up with ways to make it interactive. He was the teacher while I was in the little kid Sunday school class. He was the teacher when I got to the teenage class in my Aunt Fern's class that she taught, which was a lot of fun and educational because we would address real life situations. And, you know, my Uncle Wayne, well, he was still the adult Sunday school teacher and remained the teacher until I was fully grown well into my 20s and attending his class. Even my favorite cousin, Melanie, grew up to being his assistant and took the minutes for him when we were finally able and permitted to attend his class. As a teenager in the younger aged class, sometimes our class didn't even get to review what we learned in front of everyone because my Uncle Wayne would spark a match during the adult class and the adults would get into a heavy debate. And I mean heavy. We can hear them outside of the church as if the adults in the Sunday school class were a part of different Harry Potter houses competing at a debate competition. (laughs) There were some Sundays he lit a firecracker and where some of the adults wanted to take their point out so bad they would spill it over into the review or during church service in their testimony during testimony service, which was a great tactic. You know, if you want to state your case without anyone replying, you know, just say it during testimony service where no one could actually cut you off. All that to say, my uncle was committed. He was committed to his role as a Sunday school teacher. And I think and believe My grandfather, Bishop Lewin, saw that in him. 
Not only was he committed to teaching and faith, but also dedicated to his job as a city bus driver in Sacramento. He would go to bed early every night at the same time to be up for work and drive the city bus to make sure he made it to every stop on time. Something I still struggle with at 36, you know, going to bed when I want and waking up on a regulated schedule without scrolling and doing what I need to do to settle my mind and sleep well. You know, it's something I still look forward to doing, but it's something he definitely mastered. The relationship my uncle had for church, faith and family was very inspiring, and I hold it close to my chest in thought especially celebrating his life on my birthday. I remember so much about him, plain as the sun is shining today, you know, from his inflections when he would speak to sitting with him and talking about his time in the Vietnam War and to him yelling at anyone who messed with his set of gospel CDs he faithfully purchased from the Ebony and Jet magazine catalog every month. You know, the 20 CDs for one cent. Yes, he was (laughs) one of the individuals that they definitely got a chokehold on. Of course, this means when my aunt and uncle got together, they were the go-to house for movies, CDs, and all the things that were entertaining. My uncle had all the Daryl Coley albums, Fred Hammond records from Inner Court, Spirit of David, and Pages of Life. He definitely inspired my CD collection. Many people will tell you that I have and had one of the best CD collections, gospel CD collections, and that is because I learned it from my Uncle Wayne. I loved and love my Uncle Wayne, man. And I am so thankful to celebrate him and his life on my birthday. Being a faithful and spiritual being, I do not take moments and signs from God like this for granted. When I heard my cousin Jessica speak at the homegoing celebration and I saw my Aunt Fern, I began to cry and reflect on that play, Take What's Left on the Table. I am so thankful for what my Uncle Wayne left on the table for me. His consistency, his dedication, his love for my aunt. His children and extended family members like me, his nurturing nature and love for teaching and educating individuals every Sunday around complexities of faith and how he believed it. Like the jewels my Uncle Wayne left on the table in that play, he left those things for me to hold and cherish. I can only hope someone somewhere receives the same value of love and can amplify their faith because of me. I love you, Uncle Wayne, and I will miss you dearly. (laughs) I pray you rest in God's bosom. And to my Aunt Fern, I love you so much. I love you with my whole heart. You mean the world to me, and you have always, you have always added so much to my table. I love you sincerely. I love your sincerity and your compassion. I love how you walk and serve. And I just, I love how you just put so many individuals before you. And you think of them and you pray for them and you talk to them. 
And I definitely love how you just call me and check in on me and spend time with me. These are things I will never forget. I love you both so much. And my heart just goes out for you. I love you with my whole heart and my soul. And I'm really going to miss my Uncle Wayne, y'all. I really am. So for this episode, I just want to dedicate the music to my Uncle Wayne. One of his favorite songs that I remember him playing all the time was Karen Clark Sheard featuring Faith Evans just for me from that 1997 album. And one of the songs I remember my Aunt Fern playing all the time at Spring Creek growing up was Ordinary Just Won't Do by Commissioned. Much love to everyone. Much love to my Aunt Fern. And I admonish you, all of you, and beseech all of you to take every jewel Every advice, every golden nugget and story, every moment and all of the things that is given to you and left on your table, value your ancestors, value your loved ones and what they leave for you. And may it add to your life. May it add to your love that you send out to others. And most importantly, may it add to your faith. Until next time. This is Cameron Crump with Crossed Out Podcast. Stay up and stay blessed.
Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of hosting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.